0: Well, Kristen, here it is, Easter Sunday. <coughs>
1: <coughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, Reaper. <laughs> Sorry. Holy mackerel gosh. boy, you're bad. Happy Easter. Happy wedding. Easter. <laughs> All right, should we start that over? <laughs> we can, or we can just keep it and explain why this is so late this week.
0: Well, that's your answer. Okay, well let's keep that. That's that is your answer. Kristen's <laughs> hacking cough,
1: oh, which gosh. prevented
0: us from taping uh the takeaway or the podcast on Friday. So now here we are, Kristen being a trooper, coming back here on a on a Bleak slate gray New York City Easter evening, and we are here in the studio
1: eating chocolate eggs, drinking mimosas, packing <laughs> exactly. up phlegm. Yeah. yeah, more like more like
0: more like Dunkin' Donuts—the uh, coffee and the napkins for Kristen. Mm. Um, so here we are, and we do have two films to discuss. We'll uh, we'll find out which will be your Easter egg for the weekend. Uh, the host, the new Stephanie Meyer sci-fi teen romance not vampire teen romance but sci-fi and then of course g.i joe go joe retaliation (laughs) uh the sequel Uh, so without further ado uh let's do this let's introduce ourselves i'm rafer guzman movie critic for newsday
1: and i'm kristen meinzer producer for the takeaway and this is movie date Rafer, sorry about
0: that. <laughs> We're not going to edit any of that out. We're going to keep it all in. Everybody and
1: you, can hear all of my lung issues we'll today. He'll give,
0: give a prize to anyone who can who can keep their stomach together while they listen to Kristen for the next twenty uh, minutes. There's uh, going
1: to be nose blowing. There's going to be all sorts of good stuff going on. Oh, folks. it's going to be
0: great. It's going to be great. All right. So, so first up, first up is the host. Uh, now, this is this is. We're back in Stephanie Meyer territory. You thought you thought she was gone with when Twilight ended, but no, she's back. Her novel The Host has been made into a movie, of course. And uh, let's play a clip. Almost every human has been successfully occupied. We could be taken at any moment. However, there are
1: still pockets of human resistance. She could bring a whole army down on our heads. we find her, we find the resistance. Oh. Okay. Wow. She she could really have a nice layout for a good party. She could host um, people who are foreign exchange students. <laughs>
0: I think it's that kind of host. Oh,
1: it's not. I okay. think it's a different. <laughs> I think
0: it's a different kind of host, Kristen. All right, I'll give you the quick the quick rundown of this. Uh, we have a young girl named Melanie Melanie Strider, played by uh, Saoirse Ronan, who is uh, one of the last humans on Earth not to have been invaded by an alien race called the souls. Uh, The souls have come down, invaded people, and on the one hand, they've brought Earth uh, harmony, happiness, peace. There's no disease. Everyone's um, really nice and courteous, well-mannered.
1: Everyone tells the truth. That's right. Everyone tells the (laughs) truth. Nobody
0: ever lies. Nobody lies. lies. There's no reason to pay for anything. There's no reason to have any guards anywhere because no one steals. Um, There's no war. So Earth has become perfect, except for the one problem, uh, which is that the souls, when they do invade your body, you are essentially erased. Your memories evaporate.
1: Oh no! You're uh, no, Am I, no, making I, you I, sick now. Too. No, I'm
0: no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm okay. I'm okay. Oh, your memories, your memories evaporate.
1: <laughs> oh no! You're beginning to host my
0: virus. this no. yeah, this is going to be its own movie: outbreak, contagion, the host. Um, and so Melanie, <laughs> Melanie is one of the one of the few human rebels who's holding out. And when she is finally invaded by a host named the Wanderer, she refuses to go quietly. Her memories won't go away. Melanie won't go away. And now you have this one girl played by Saoirse Ronan, who is essentially two personalities in one: the the cold, clinical, sort of slightly Vulcan-like Wanderer. Uh, and then Melanie, the snarky, snippy teen rebel who you know is going to try to make things right and somehow regain her body back or do something it 's and- kind of
1: like the man with two brains starring. Steve Star- Martin. Star- Martin. Star- it's
0: also it's just interesting you mentioned that because I was thinking it's like all of me starring Steve Martin and Lily Tomlin.
1: Oh, yeah. It's like right? that too. And it's kind of like Sybil, only there aren't 13 distinct personalities. <laughs> there, are- there are only two. Just two. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah. So she does become this kind of schizophrenic uh, girl. Uh, and meanwhile, there's a, a, a villain named The Seeker, played by Diane Kruger, um, who is uh, chasing her down, trying to put a stop to this Last human holdout, uh, and uh, Kristen, what what did you what
1: did you think of the host? Well, first of all, I have to say, if you like love triangles, you're going to love this movie because it's like a love quadrilateral. It is so because <laughs> hmm. you know what's happening. Not only do we have our host, um, Emily slash Wanda,
0: yeah, that's uh, right, Melanie, 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 Melanie slash the Wanderer, whose nickname becomes Wanda. <laughs>
1: So not only do we have those two occupying one body, we also have two romances going on at the same time. So there's romance, there's internal conflict, there are people fighting inside one body. And as somebody who's always been kind of obsessed with Chang and Aang – The original Siamese twins. The original Siamese twins, yes. Who were, by the way, each married to a different woman. They were married Mm -hmm. to a pair of sisters. Sisters. And they each had over a dozen kids.
0: Oh, is that right? And they
1: had an agreement that like one week they would let Chang be in charge and one week they would let Ang be in charge. Mm -hmm. And they would alternate their lives and the other would just kind of have to be dragged along while the other was in charge. and. I kept on thinking about Chang and Aang while I was watching this, actually. <laughs> and maybe I just did that because it was a funny thing to do. Maybe I did it because it's really telling the same kind of parable here about hmm. making peace with those in the world, making peace with ourselves. Um, I have to say this also, as somebody who enjoyed the Twilight series. Yeah, you did. I think I was going in with a more open mind to this than some people might.
0: <laughs> some people.
1: <laughs> and by some, who people, are you talking about? <laughs> I think you know who I'm talking about. Okay, 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 okay. all right. And I also really like post-apocalyptic movies, as you know. Uh, yeah, I, right. Yeah, you know, I like to see how the humans that are left, how they're going to survive or strive or take over, take things back. And the innovations that they come up with to, you know, when the world is taken over by, uh, I don't know, a nuclear winter or by aliens or whatever it's taken over by, a flood, how do the humans survive? I always love to see what things the – writers come up with because sometimes it's fantastic and sometimes it's really really like yawn who cares
0: I thought this was actually a little bit inventive on that score yeah. the, uh, the, un- the underground without giving too much away because there is kind of a nice uh, reveal mm-hmm. but the, the underground bunker has some kind of interesting uh, interesting mechanisms and ideas in it when they when Melanie finally re- rejoins her human group and, and gets back together with uh, Uncle Jeb played by William Hurt <laughs> toting a shotgun and wearing a beard he looks like some kind of vaguely Out wild of west Era, yeah. or
1: something. <laughs> yeah,
0: the Depression era, the Wild West, uh, and then of course her two, her two uh, bowhunks, uh, Max Iron, uh mm. Max Irons, and uh, Jake Abel. Um, Jake Abel plays the one who falls in love with the Wanderer personality. Uh, Max Irons is the guy who was in love with Melanie from the start.
1: And then there's another guy in there who I can't. I, is he brothers with the one guy who's in love with her? Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. He's, brother, yeah, he's brothers with the Jake Abel character.
1: But they look like twins, too, to me. So yes, they do. Then look, I was thinking yeah. about Chang and Aang there, too, where it's like twin brothers. One loves and one hates the alien, and then there's <laughs> the alien that's got two people in her. And, and then it's turning into like a love pentagon.
0: You haven't told me <laughs> of all these mathematical notions that you, that you brought up. You have
1: not said yet to be,
0: Kristen, whether you thought this was a good movie or a bad movie or what.
1: I thought it was a perfectly enjoyable movie. No kidding. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm going to go with this. This is silly. This is adventure. This is a girl trying to overcome her odds. Unlike the Twilight movies, also by Stephanie Meyer, this girl actually has some sort of power, some decision-making, some authority. She actually uh, comes up with crafty ideas from time to time, and she's strong, you know? No. What?
0: She's not, she's not strong? What do you mean she's strong?
1: <laughs> she throws herself through a plate glass window in the first five minutes of the movie. Okay, you don't think I'll, that's strong? I'll give you that. But for the love of God, this is another This is another
0: horrible, Stephanie Meyer, woman-damaging movie that just presents women in the worst possible light. I kept thinking when I was watching this movie, okay <laughs> – <laughs> the idea of an alien race comes in, erases your memory, but they're in your body. You know Now, Philip K. Dick, the guy whose stories became things like a, a Blade Runner and Total Recall, he was obsessed with memory and, and, and the way that memory kind of equals identity, right? What's, what is your personality without, without – your memories. Um, none, none of that matters here. There's none of that. This is all just an excuse to get one girl into another love triangle. Oh no, two handsome guys are love fighting over me. Love
1: quadrilateral.
0: Love quadrilateral. <laughs> and this time, I think I. The, the kind of ravish-me fantasies that are that are executed in this film, it's just one excuse after another to get Melanie slash Wanda into some room with a guy where Melanie can say, yes, yes, but Wanda can say, no, no. And, my, I, and it's just – it's so – and it lets them both off the hook, right? Mm. It lets the girl say, oh, no, this brute, he's taking me in his, in, my, in his underground cave bachelor pad, but I'm so helpless. I can't do it. I'm resisting but part of me says yes it's such this is like the kind of thing that i would think that feminists in 2013 would be you know outraged by uh,
1: you don't think women are allowed to be complicated and to have more than one desire at once sometimes that, those desires are conflicting is that complicated is
0: that is that, <laughs> is that what passes for complicated i just i think you know and here's i the movie the movie is a couple things. Uh, one is you really you do have to put up with this movie where Wanderer is walking around. She's become Wander now because her eyes are glowing blue, as your eyes do when you're invaded by a soul. So now not, she's not
1: like a vampire whose eyes glow red. By the way, I just want to make am- amber slash
0: red. <laughs> That's correct. These are blue, uh, kind of a blue halo effect, and she's walk, walking around saying, you know. Oh, you know, I must go find the seeker and the seeker, you know, while Melanie's voiceover out of nowhere keeps saying things like, yeah, right. (laughs) Oh, don't listen to her. She is so full of it. You can't kiss him. That's my boyfriend. Oh, no. I kept thinking, oh, my God, this movie. I can't believe this. Literally, if not for a couple things, this movie would be like on the midnight camp circuit. Like, this movie would be Mystery Science Theater 3000 ready, like, tomorrow. (laughs) Two things. The only thing good that I will... Well, one good thing I will say about it is Saoirse Ronan. She's actually really good. It's almost too bad that she's so good in the role because she does have this kind of alien beauty in the first place. She has this sort of otherworldly look yeah, to
1: her. I would I would agree with you on that. Yeah. yeah,
0: and she's really expressive and she's really there's that there's a scene toward the end, a very emotional scene um, where Melanie and Wanderer are going to let's say kind of uh, resolve this conflict. It's a very emotional scene and you know, I was surprised that while well, I'd spent, you know, the first 95 minutes of the film just laughing my head off at, at that <laughs> I actually got a little bit into it and I kind of thought, God, Saoirse Schirone is really good. She's did you actually cry she's, a little bit? I'm buying this scene. I'm buying this scene. I did not cry. Um... You know, and the other thing that keeps this movie from being just like a total howler, knee slapper, so bad it's good kind of movie <laughs> is the directing and the writing by Andrew Nichol who did Gattaca. Uh, I keep waiting for Andrew Nichol to do something that's going to be I liked top. Gattaca. I loved Gattaca. Gattaca was great. He is, he is not topped nor even matched Gattaca um, in time, you know, things like this. And this uh, this movie is so – Sluggish and boring and slow moving. The writing is awful. I, I, that may not be his fault. He adapted it from a Stephanie Meyer book. Aww. There may be only so much he can do. I'm just gonna say my favorite line in the movie when when Melanie slash Wander is resisting, resisting, and the movie is full of lines like this: "Kiss me like you want to get slapped." <laughs>
1: I just couldn't believe I was hearing this in a movie. I've adopted that into my own bedroom repertoire. Just so you know, (laughs) it's such a good line. I'm using it all the time. TMI. (laughs)
0: TMI, Kristen.
1: On that uh, one, and by that I mean, I'm sick underneath the blankets, and I'm just <laughs> yelling at myself. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Me and my heating pad. Oh, um, so, so you think this is an date. awful date? I'd say this an was an atrocious date?
0: date. I gave it one and a half out of four oh, stars. My God. I thought it was. I thought it was. I thought it was so bad, but <laughs> not even bad enough to be funny most of the time.
1: I thought it was perfectly enjoyable. I'm going to call it a good date. So there. All right, I'm we've really, split. I it.
0: Uh, we've split down the gender lines. I think, I'm not on that surprised one. at all. I'm not surprised GM, either, yeah. Kristen. It's
1: not something that you would really necessarily be able to appreciate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, let's move on to a little uh listener mail. We had uh we reviewed a, a couple a couple of weeks was it a couple weeks ago now, uh the call with uh Halley Berry, B-grade action thriller. Kristen had not seen it. I had um I talked about it and uh, in in our review, uh I talked about um, how – I thought it was a little strange that the film – the way the film uh, – I'm going
1: to quote exactly what you said. Oh, yeah, quote me.
0: OK, good, <clears throat> good, good. Do it.
1: For some strange reason, you've got a mostly black minority cast even though for some reason all the crime in the film is white on white. That's yes. what you said. yes. And I responded by saying – just like in America.
0: Yes, and I think I said something about um, uh, – because the movie is set in L.A. I said something about this being kind of a topsy-turvy L.A. Um, So let's play a call from Nisha who uh, called in. She wrote in, first of all, with an objection um, saying that she took offense to our comments. And then uh, we asked her to call in and elaborate, and she did. Hi, Rafer and Kristen. This is Nisha from New York, and I'm just following up on my post on your Facebook page. Regarding your comments about Holly Berry's new movie, The Call, Rafer referenced the fact that this movie is mostly black and Hispanic, but he prefaced his comment by saying, for some strange reason. He went on to say that, ironically, the movie was light on white crimes." And Kristen then chimed in and said, yeah, like the rest of the world. And I was a little taken aback by that. I, didn't, I wasn't sure if it was racist or just sarcasm gone wrong. You guys tell me. Bye. So um, Nisha, since I, I think, was mostly the offending party here and Kristen had not seen the movie, um, I'll say a couple quick things. Um, one is um, I think I think you're right. I think you are right that perhaps I am working off some old racial stereotypes, racial, perhaps racist stereotypes. Um, you know, racism is one of those things, right? No, no one ever intends to be racist anymore in 2003, or maybe some people do. I guess the Klan just held a rally recently so, on something, right? Just, oh, I,
1: God. I, and there's like a white student union at a college right yeah, now. Yeah, I, I, I was surprised. There's a few different things so, going on right now in so, America. Okay. So,
0: so some people mean to be racist. Most people <laughs> are probably like me, don't realize they're doing it when they're doing it. And perhaps I fell into that trap here. Um, I grew up in L.A. During the 80s at a time when the, the LAPD was known for being mostly white and, and, and had a very bad reputation for racism. And also it was at a time when um, crack and gang violence and all that stuff was really taking over L.A. And that was what people were wringing their hands about. Um, and that was a lot of what, you know what seemed to most people. Again, you could maybe blame the media for this. But a lot of that was – there was a lot of black crime in the media. Um, and so when I wrote my review – which was a couple of days before the podcast. I used this phrase in my review: "A topsy turvy LA." And I caught myself. I actually said, "Wait a minute, is it a topsy turvy LA?" Uh, you know, I, I because I'm thinking about an LA I grew up in. Did a quick Google search. It looks. It looked to me like the like the LAPD had become something like 35 or 40 percent white. Uh, white now which it's two
1: thirds minority.
0: Yeah. So two. So essentially two thirds <clears throat> minority. So so I took that phrase out of my review. I shouldn't have used it again. It just it popped back into my head in the um, in the podcast. I probably shouldn't have used that phrase. The other, th- the only other thing I will say is, th- the- there is still to me something weird about the way they cast that movie, The Call. It, it, there, usually when you have a movie, you've got either a a, a a mostly minority Black Hispanic cast. It takes place in that world. Or you've got a like a Tyler Perry movie, which you know has tends to have a largely black cast, or a largely white cast, like say everything else in all of Hollywood. Um, or they're mixed in some kind <laughs> like of like Man on a Ledge. Like,
1: like <laughs> I'm serious, <laughs> I'm not kidding. Man on a Ledge was a perfect example of everybody's mixed.
0: Everybody's mixed. Is that I don't remember that. Is that right? Okay. Yeah,
1: there's a whole lot of Latino, black, white. Everybody's. Oh, yeah, maybe you're right. Everybody in Man on a Ledge. You know who's pointing up at that ledge? Everybody. Everybody. You know who's yelling? Look, there's a man yeah, on that right. ledge. <laughs> <laughs> right,
0: right. Okay, so there. J- it just seemed like this kind of weird thing that that like it was almost like having two movies in one, and I can't quite explain it. That I had this feeling like the director thought, "How can I get an extra demographic? How can I how can I appeal to an extra demographic out there?" I had this. I had this mostly white killer victim. All all the phone calls I think that call into the nine the nine one one. Emergency the bank. The first
1: girl who's killed. The first girl Abigail killed Breslin. is white. <laughs> Abigail Breslin is
0: white. The killer is white. Uh, all the phone calls that you hear sound again. Maybe I'm making a racial assumption here. Sound kind of white. There's some kind of some sort of local Southern sound and yokel types from the sticks who call in, and it just seemed like it was, it was like an afterthought that they put this kind of largely black Hispanic cast on there. I still think that seemed odd to me, but if but my comments probably were were working off some old kind of racist stereotypes and so I apologize for that. Um, that was that was my fault. I shouldn't. I perhaps should have uh, either elaborated it or left it alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and,
1: and Nisha, I want to apologize too because I did say just like in America and then I didn't get to elaborate on it so I might have sounded like I was being flippant when yeah. Rafer said it was predominantly minority law enforcement and predominantly white on white crime. I said just like in America because I meant it because, mo- <laughs> because most white violent crime victims in America, the perpetrators are other white people. yeah And in L.A., most of the law enforcement actually is minority. I meant that. That was not me being sarcastic. That was me saying something and then not elaborating on it. So that was not meant to sound racist either. That was me just saying, yep, there you go. <laughs> right, That's right. America. <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> All right. So uh, – but at any rate, Nisha – Thank you for writing in. Um, I'm glad glad you did. Uh, Yeah, me too. I'm really glad you did. I think we're both glad. Um, So let's move on to G.I. Joe, colon, retaliation.
1: You're looking at an advanced weapons system capable of destroying each of your countries 14 times over, 15 in the case of North Korea, and all at the push of a button.
0: I always like saying
1: colon. (laughs) Whenever
0: that, I love that. I, I don't know why. Remember know
1: when why. Twilight Breaking Dawn Part Two was all. and yeah. you would and you would do like colon and dash and, and dash, everything. yeah,
0: because there was all there was a colon and a dash. Um, all right, so uh, Kristen has volunteered. I think she just wanted to make sure she was she's sick, but she's pulling her weight. She wanted to make I'm trying sure. Trying my best. She, she did some heavy lifting, and she's going to take. She's going to give us the synopsis. You volunteered for this, Kristen. You give us the synopsis of G.I. Joe call and retaliation.
1: All right. First of all, I just want to make clear for those of you who are not familiar with what G.I. Joe is other than an action figure, the Joes, as they're called in the movie. That's point, right. The That's Joes, right. much like SEAL Team 6, a secret team, a very hardcore fighting for America military personnel. and mm-hmm. so in International
0: this- and uh, also includes some ninjas.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm okay. glad you brought up the ninjas. Right. So the Joes, in this case, they're sent on a top secret, very important mission by the president. The mission goes mm, not quite as planned. Not that well. No, not not so well. Most of the Joes are lost in this mission. Those who remain have to figure out what went wrong and why the president ever would have sent them on such a death trap of a mission. Along the way, they find out the president might not be quite who they think he is and that the COBRA team – now, COBRA. COBRA group, I think. The COBRA group. These are international terrorists who have always fought against the Joes. They hate the Joes. Yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, the bunker sort of prison that a bunch of the COBRA uh, guys are being held in, there might be a security breach there to deal with. Yes. Yes. And then along the way – While all of this is happening, there are ninjas and masked people. That's correct. And that is my synopsis of the movie. I'm sorry that it is not more specific, but I have to say very frankly, I don't know what the hell was going on during half this movie, Rafer. Like There there were many times I leaned over to you and you said, yes, Kristen, and then I just shut up. And what I was going to... Each of those times I leaned over to you and you would look at me and say, yes, Kristen... I was about to say, what the hell is going on right now? What is happening on the screen right now? What is going on at this moment? I don't know what's going on. And then finally I blurted it out like two-thirds of the way through the movie. I just was like, Rafer, I don't know what the hell is going on here.
0: I will tell you – now, I think you're at a disadvantage because I don't think you saw the first G.I. Joe. No, I didn't. um, And G.I. Joe colon The Rise of Cobra. Now, I did see the first G.I. Joe, and I will say to you that I actually enjoyed it. Really? Yeah. I thought the first G.I. Joe was kind of fun. Uh, Really? Yeah. It was silly. It was over the top. It was just – it was one of these movies that you just – you couldn't embarrass it. Do you know what I mean? It was just it was just going to charge through and just do all this kind of dumb stuff. And it was just, you know, there was going to be a guy in a mask cackling, you know, and <laughs> I mean, that would, which happened to be Joseph Gordon-Levitt.
1: Um, oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Why did I see that? It was
0: an early role for Channing Tatum. He was not yet kind of the Channing Tatum we all know. Um, and, you know, he was just kind of playing the slab of beef. Um, <laughs> and it and. Uh, you know, and you did have Jonathan Price as the president, and uh, so it's so it's no spoiler to say that if you've seen the first one, um, Jonathan Price as the president is actually Zartan, the <gasps> the Cobra something or other. Um, I don't know what role. <laughs> we need to he be plays. specific.
1: Both of us, <laughs> we're doing it. We're totally
0: doing it uh, now. So I was expecting, you know, kind of like, oh great, you know, part two in this in this. Enjoyable, silly summer B-grade action franchise. They brought the rock in, great. You know, they brought Bruce Willis in, not that promising, but Bruce Willis can be good, who knows? And maybe we'll have some more fun. Um, not happening. This this movie was, I think, like a genuinely just it was a disaster. It was who is a is that disaster. Ninja? I don't know. What about the girl
1: ninja? Who was she? That
0: was uh, Jinx. And is she, but I don't know is what she <laughs> with
1: Cobra or is she
0: with <laughs> no, the Joes? No, or is she's she just with the a Joes. She She's what? with the Joes. Here's the thing. Oh my God. Okay, I don't know the, what the the hell is going people, on. Critics, critics really hated the first G.I. Joe. I was one of the few critics that was able to kind of go with the flow on G.I. Joe.
1: Um, <laughs> nice rivalry. You like
0: that? All yeah. right. Um, and. and Stephen Sommers was the original director who was the guy that did The Mummy uh, one, or one of The Mummy. I can't remember if he did all of them. But anyway, you'll know him from one of, one or some of The Mummy, the mummy movies. Um, and I thought he did a perfectly good job. The guy they brought in to do this movie is John M. Chu, who some people may know as the director of Step Up 3D. And Justin Bieber colon Never Say Never. Oh. So they brought that guy in and I'm kind of thinking strange choice, but then he's good at choreography, and right? And you love he's good Step at, Up 3D. And I love Step Up 3D. Great dancing in Step Up 3D. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, okay, if he can translate that to an action film, you might have something. And so much of the action movies these days depend on martial arts influenced, you know, so over-stylized, wire foo, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. right? So I'm thinking that could work. This movie is so badly directed that you cannot tell there was a there was a, there was a segment where Kristen and I turned to each other, <laughs> and we could not tell when the action was cross cutting between between two different scenes there's there's some fighting, and then something else is happening i won 't spoil too much i couldn't tell if those two things were going on in the same room or not the same room and <laughs> it turned exactly out it turned about. out they were not going on in the same room they were going on in separate continents, and I mean. This just seemed like this seemed pretty bad to me, like really bad. The action sequences I, I I just I literally couldn't understand who was shooting you could somebody would fire a gun and I would just think, who and what is he shooting at? Who
1: are you, the, you? Why is this body in a body bag, and why are they climbing these cliffs with it? And right. why is there a whole bunch of other ninjas suddenly here? And Absolutely, who are these ninjas?
0: Baffling. I couldn't And now not there's tell. a flashback
1: to some sort of ninja master played by a black man who is in the mountains of Asia. Well, that was RZA. That was
0: Riza playing blind master. Um, what? Yeah, RZA, the rapper. Why is.
1: What is yeah. he doing in ancient you missed, you missed Japan? The, or, you missed the
0: first one. You missed the first. I don't know what he. Is he he's,
1: a Japanese master in the first one? He's just, he's just blind master. I don't know. He's the, you got. If you're gonna have every some, time he's on screen, the whole theater burst into laughter. Oh, the laughter. whole oh, the, god, they the were whole just
0: theater started laughing, laughing. I every
1: think, time he was on screen. I think it's just
0: because it was clear that Riza was just living out you know a <laughs> lifelong dream of putting in those cloudy contacts and playing you know David Carradine's
1: you know master, and he just did everything but call you grasshopper. It it was, it was I'm not saying black people don't live in the mountains of Japan as ancient ninja masters but he <laughs> was Riza does He was so over the top too Yeah oh he was, was great was just right? like what's going on how right. did you end up in this movie Oh god
0: he could he could barely even pronounce the lines clearly <laughs> the uh, the whole thing was so atrocious and yet and yet Kristen we can say this because it's it's sunday and the figures are in the number 1 movie GI Joe cleaning up Cleaning up. I, I don't know what that's all about. And the host not doing so well. Mm. The toast fizzling.
1: I I'm I'm kind of sad about that. I
0: know you're kind of sad. Yeah. Well, I, I you... would have
1: I would have preferred that one to do well because I'll just say it. G.I. Joe colon retaliation. Bad date. Oh,
0: bad date.
1: Awful date. Bad, <laughs> Very date. bad
0: date. Bad date. But clearly, you and I uh, are alone on that. Everyone else is having a great date. I with mean, so, G.I. Joe. Yeah. Right now.
1: I mean, maybe they just. Want to make out? That's a good movie to make out in the back of. No one can you hear think? you. No, there's so many loud explosions could, and fighting. Like you
0: could do anything. In you, the can back do anything
1: row. you can do anything. You can do anything during mackerel. this movie. Nobody will even notice. It's no. so loud and there's no plot. No one's gonna care what you're doing in the you back of the theater. you could have a
0: swinger party in the back row. I was no blowing
1: my nose for about forty five percent of the movie. Do you remember that? I was. <laughs> I don't remember. No, that. remember. I ran out of Kleenex, and then like everyone in the row is giving me like their napkins and so on oh, in their pockets. Right. Yeah, yeah, I, do, I was just right. a hot mess during. Movie it was terrible. No one even heard me blowing no, I my couldn't, nose. I could.
0: I was sat right next to you. I couldn't yeah. hear you. Well, all right. So so bad. Bad date on both of those. Bad date. Uh, bad date on. Bad, for me, bad date on the host. Bad date on GI Joe. I'm sorry, but
1: you would say go to see uh, the host. Yeah, go see that host. Uh, you know, a little bit of kiss me till I hit you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> all right. All right. So let's wrap up. Let's wrap up with trivia. Uh, I'll 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 reveal uh, last week's. Uh, trivia. So last week um, we asked uh, – we played a clip of a movie and we asked listeners to name uh, the actor, to name the movie, and we asked them to name, to name the thinly disguised, thinly fictionalized sitting U.S. president that the actor was playing. Here's the clip. I want, I want to thank you for coming out tonight. I know how hard you work and how little time you have to rest. Lo and behold, we got a correct answer from Colin. Hey, this is Colin calling from New Jersey. I'm cooking from Passover, so I won't get to see any movies, but I do know that the answer was John Travolta from Primary Colors. Thanks. I hope I win.
1: Ooh, Colin, great job. But hold on. Which president was he trying to play? What's the president?
0: Hey, I was so busy making Vermont's balls that I forgot to say. It's John Travolta playing Bill Clinton in Primary Colors. Thanks. Bye. All right.
1: Colin, that's awesome. Colin we said, hope you had a great Passover, by yeah. the way. Yeah. Thank you
0: for getting your head out of your matzo balls long enough to give us <laughs> that answer.
1: We'd love that. We love yeah. it when people call us and they're in the midst of doing something else entirely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That <laughs> Dropping their kids off at school We've been incorporated shopping. into
0: your lives.
1: We want that. We want to be like the host in your brain all the time. <laughs> We want you to hit us when we kiss you. Let
0: us be your soul.
1: (laughs) So this week's trivia, before I get to it, I want to point out that I've been occasionally putting trivia questions on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash podcast, and a lot of you have been jumping in with great answers to the trivia questions. And uh, this week I put up a trivia question again in honor of presidents on film. I asked about first ladies on film, and the question was... Which song and dance superstar played the first lady whose name is synonymous with snack cakes? Do you know who that is, Rafer? No, I don't.
0: You're talking about Dolly Madison.
1: Yes, I am talking about Dolly Madison. But I don't
0: know who would have played her. No, I'm stumped.
1: (laughs) Well, we got a lot of people working together to get the right answer. And specifically, Ken and Eric worked together to get the answer. Ginger Rogers in Magnificent Doll, and yes, Dolly Madison Snack Cake. So we love having you guys come up with the right answers online, and of course, always call us at 5717movies. But before we go, this week's trivia question in honor of G.I. Joe, when we think of movies based on toys and board games, we often think of crap, don't we, Rafer? Just
0: plain old crap, Kristen. (laughs) Just crap.
1: (laughs) thinking of you battleship yes oh, that's right <laughs> but at least one movie in this category was co-executive produced by an oscar winner and it starred three oscar nominees here's a clip of it
0: dear dad here at home things are hopping the house is chock
1: full of boarders which keeps us pretty busy there's the dance instructor <gasps> It's so much more fun here. A magician, two hobo boys, a mobile librarian, and of course, Grace. And a monkey? What is that movie, and what's the toy it's based on?
0: If you know, give us a call,
1: 5717-MOVIES. Or log on to facebook.com slash podcast. We'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Joe, American hero. G.I. Joe is there. It's G.I. Joe against Cobra and Destro, fighting to save the day. He never gives up, he's always there, fighting for freedom over land and air. G.I. Joe! Okay. G.I.
0: Joe!